0: Be back. I missed listening to that music. Hello, hello and welcome to the Hockey Hotbed. We are back after uh, about a month and a half off. I needed to take that time because I was feeling a little overwhelmed, but we are back at the perfect time. Yesterday was the NHL trade deadline. Plenty of storylines going throughout the National Hockey League. Playoff races are heating Up. It's an exciting time to follow the National Hockey League, and I'm glad to be back with you, the great listeners of the Hockey Hotbed. My name is Nick Berlansky, and we have a deadline special coming at you for this episode. We will get to all of the biggest moves. I'm not going to go through every single trade from the trade deadline because Who really wants to hear me talk about Travis Hamanick to the Ottawa Senators for a third round pick? So we're going to ignore a lot of the moves that happened, but talk about the biggest ones, the ones that make the most impact to the NHL 2022 season and to the 2022 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs. I want to start in the Western Conference and I want to start with one specific move that was made yesterday because the story is not over. The book is not closed. The trade is is not completed as of yet, even though the deadline was over 12 hours ago. And that is the Vegas Golden Knights trading Evgeny Dedanov to the Anaheim Ducks, along with a second round pick for John Moore, who was bar- going to be buried in the Vegas Golden Knights system anyway, and the contract of Ryan Kessler. So it's always fun whenever all of these older players that have been out of the league for multiple years, their contract gets traded around. But that was the deal. And that was made right at the wire on Monday afternoon, right at the trade deadline, part of those 33 trades that were in the queue past 3 p.m. on Monday afternoon. Eventually, it did go through. The league said, okay, this is fine. Evgeny Dodonov is on his way to Anaheim. So, at that thought, that was the end of it. And then I wake up this morning, and I see the news, all the insiders who... I would have thought would have taken the day off today. They were all out and about saying this trade is under review. This trade is under technically investigation from the National Hockey League. Now this was purely a cap move by the Vegas Golden Knights and and their entire situation is something that I'm going to have to touch on in an episode here in the next week or two. They're going to miss the playoffs and their cap situation is ridiculous. They Already had to sell-off Marc-Andre Fleury in the offseason. Might lead to why they're in the situation they're in right now in the standings. And now they had the trade of Guinea Dodonov simply because if they don't, there's no way they're going to be able to fit Jack Eichel, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty, Alex Petranja. All of these guys, they're not going to fit under the salary cap unless they started giving players away. And that's what this was. That's Dodonov's $5 million contract off the books. Clearing roughly three once they bury John Moore's contract. But, like I said, under review from the league, because Evgeny Dodonov has a modified no trade clause. He has a no trade clause that would allow him to submit a 10 team no trade list. It's something that we see all the time. That this is this is something that teams have to, to work around. This is contract language that we see all the time. But somehow, Dodonov didn't mention it. His player agent didn't Mention it, it seems like, until after the trade was done. The league didn't catch it. The Vegas Golden Knights seemed to be blissfully either unaware or just didn't give a crap. And were trying to pull one over on everybody. But he has a 10-team no-trade clause in this contract that he initially signed with the Ottawa Senators. And initially, when he signed that deal in Ottawa, Anaheim was on that list. They were one of the 10 teams that he didn't want to be traded to. Now, you have to submit your, your no trade list. I believe it was in July of last year was the deadline. And Dodonov says, well, I believe I, I submitted my list and I believe Anaheim was on it. So, of course, there's going to be further investigation. We'll keep an eye on the situation. But, I mean, how how stupid that nobody in that situation, the league, who reviews all of these trades, the player agent... Didn't say anything until later. Dodonov didn't say anything until later. Now, in retrospect, I'm sure Dodonov and his agent said something the second this became official. Which is why we have this investigation. But the team, the Vegas Golden Knights, didn't know that he had a no trade clause? I find that very hard to believe. So Vegas continues to deal a little shady, to be completely honest. With their players. It just add it to the list. You know, what they did to Gerard Gallant. That he's a coach. What they did to Marc-Andre Fleury. What they did to Nate Schmidt. Now that what they're trying to do to Evgeny dadonov They certainly have a reputation. But let's move on. Because that's a crazy situation. I'm sure we'll keep talking about it as the weeks go on. The Minnesota Wild got probably the biggest name in free agent. Or sorry, at the trade deadline. They bring in future Hall of Fame goaltender. Only real goaltender to be on the move this year, Marc-Andre Fleury from the Chicago Blackhawks with 50% of his salary retained. So his cap hit is only going to be $3.5 million for Minnesota for the rest of the season as he is going to be a UFA at the end of the year, unrestricted free agent. He comes over for a conditional second round pick. Now for that second round pick to turn into a first round pick, the Minnesota Wild, I believe would have to win at least two playoff series, which means they would have to get to the Western Conference Finals. And Marc-Andre Fleury will have had to, I believe, play in five games or something like that, or four games. So realistically, it's a good trade for the Minnesota Wild because either they go on a late playoff run or they give up a second-round pick and they have Marc-Andre Fleury for a year. Or three months, even. Which the salary... I'm sorry, the uh, the jersey sales alone kind of make up for that. So Fleury to the Minnesota Wild, he was already there yesterday. I mean, the, the flight from Chicago to Minnesota is not very long. Like the Twin Cities, he was there before game time. He backed up Cam Talbot in the game last night against the Vegas Golden Knights. So the two teams I've already talked about today, they played last night. Minnesota whooped them three to nothing. Cam Talbot went out there and got a shutout, 28 saves shutout. That's a, that's a great response to having one of the best goaltenders of all time traded to be your backup for the night. You know, you go out there and put on a shutout and say, you know, this is going to be, you know, this is going to be mano y mano. This is not going to be you and me backing you up. So I like that from Cam Talbot. Minnesota wasn't done. Of course, they they tried to get rid of their other goaltender that they had behind Cam Talbot. Capo Kakanen sent to the San Jose Sharks along with a fifth round pick for Jacob Middleton. So I thought Billy Guerin, one of the best jobs done by a general manager at the trade deadline this year. I mean, you bring in Marc-Andre Fleur, you sure up goaltending, which you know, a lot of people like Cam Talbot, but you have a stopgap. You have a guy that has won three Stanley Cups now. Depending on which marc Andre Fleury you get, that could be good or bad, because Fleury has also been known to basically tank his performance in in the postseason, not purposefully, but sometimes he just hasn't been good. Lately, every time he's gone to the playoffs, he's had a, a above 900 save percentage. He's been really good, but there is that history. There's about five or six postseasons where he was down under the 900 save percentage. So we'll see which one they get. But I thought he did a really good job getting Fleury to shore up that position, getting Jacob Middleton, who is a guy that could play defense for them, could play on the roster for them in the playoffs, getting him for Kakanen, who you were clearly done with. Now, the question to me is Cam Talbot is a little older, Marc-Andre Fleury, there's talks that he might retire after the season. Where's your goaltending situation if that all happens? That's a different story for a different day. But I thought for this season, for where they're at, I liked what Bill Guerin did for the Minnesota Wild. The only other team I want to talk about in the Western Conference before we get to the East, because the East was really the conference that was digging in to the NHL trade deadline. We'll get to that in the second segment. But I want to talk about the Calgary Flames really quickly. Obviously, not the most busy team at the deadline. They went for quality. Over quantity. Now back on February 14th. I'm going to lump this in. But back on February 14th. They trade a lot of assets. To bring in Tyler Toffoli. Sure up their goal scoring. Because in seasons past. Calgary has been dumped out of the first round. Because their goaltending hasn't been there. And they haven't been able to score enough goals. Well they go out and get a proven playoff commodity. In Tyler Toffoli. Stanley Cup champion with the LA Kings. Went on that run last year with the Montreal Canadiens. They bring him in. So far, so good. In 17 games in Calgary for Toffoli, he has 8 goals and 15 points. That's a really, really solid stat line for a guy that is just getting over to Calgary and trying to get acclimated to playing with guys like Johnny Gaudreau, with guys like Matthew Kachuk. So... I love the Toffoli trade. I think if you look at Brad Tree Living, who's the GM of, of Calgary, his grade on that has to be an A. And then he went out and got somebody from a division rival. I put that in air quotes because I don't know if Seattle really has a rival yet. But he gets Cali Yarncroak from the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a second, third, and seventh round pick. So you clearly see the haste at which Brad Tree Living is operating with Daryl Sutter as his coach. The Flames are in first place in the Pacific Division. Yeah, you want to add. Yeah, you want to go for it, especially this year. Because the Pacific Division is wide open. I mean, it is theirs for the taking. And then the whole Western Conference, it's pretty wide open as well. I like what the Flames did here. They added two forwards that can score, that are experienced, that are proven commodities at this point in the National Hockey League. And I know they gave up a lot for Tyler Toffoli, but they're not the only one that gave up a lot. We will talk about that in the second segment. You know, shout-outs to you down in Florida, both of them. But I really like what Calgary did here. Adding those two guys to bolster an already really impressive lineup. If I look at the Calgary Flames, and when I was watching Trade Center yesterday, obviously Sportsnet, TSN, ESPN, all of their, their coverage, every time they showed the Calgary Flames depth chart next to The Colorado Avalanche, who seem to be well on their way to a second straight President's Trophy, when they showed those lineups side-by-side, I kind of give the edge to Calgary. I mean, I think the the top-tier talent goes to Colorado, but when it comes to depth, Calgary's forward core now, with these additions, very impressive. I'm going to take a quick break. When we return, we're going to talk about the Atlantic Division arms race because it heated up over the weekend, did not stop, and all four teams that are in playoff positioning added massive pieces. We'll talk about that right after the break. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers, can bet just $1 on any team to get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right, a bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customer a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THBN, bet just $1 on any NHL team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THBN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Ooh, welcome back to the Hockey Hotbed. This is a trade deadline special. My return episode as well. My last episode aired on February 1st. I'm realizing that now. So it hasn't been too, too long, but it cut a month and a half. It's good to be back. It's good to hear this theme music. It's good to hear basically everything that I'm hearing right now. It's good to be a hockey fan right after the NHL trade deadline. I talked about the Western Conference, the East Everybody added way more in the Eastern Conference. I mean, the West was busy, but the East, they were in hyperdrive this trade deadline, specifically the Atlantic Division. I mean, the arms race between the Maple Leafs, the Bruins, and the two Florida teams was very intriguing. Let's start here. The team north of the border, the team that will find it as a success to win one playoff series this year. I, I don't know why I keep digging on the Leafs like that, but they will they will be very ecstatic. They'll throw a parade if the Leafs win a playoff series this year. Now, will they is a different story because look at who they're gonna have to match up against in the first round. It's not gonna be easy no matter what. They go out there. First and foremost, let's let's talk about the fact that they traded Travis Dermott, young defenseman, that has a lot of NHL experience already, sent him to Vancouver for a third round pick. Not bad. Opens up the cap space to do what they needed to do later in the weekend. Actually, I believe they made that other move first. But nonetheless, the timeline's a little fuzzy with the amount of trades that has come across the wire in the past 48 to 72 hours. But they trade Travis Dermott. Good for Vancouver. They said they wanted a defenseman in that age range with NHL experience. They got him. And as far as the Maple Leafs, they go out there, get Mark Giordano. Two-time captain in the National Hockey League. He captained the Calgary Flames for a long time. And he's the first and only captain in the history of the Seattle Kraken. The very short history of the Seattle Kraken. They get him as well as Colin Blackwell. A, a forward that spent some time with the New York Rangers, of course. That's where he cut his teeth last year. And then, of course, taken in the expansion draft by the Seattle Kraken. Pretty good depth piece. He's okay. I don't have much to say on Colin Blackwell because there's not much to say about him. He's a depth... A depth guy that can score every once in a while, but realistically doesn't move the needle all that much. Mark Giordano, on the other hand, he does. Now, in exchange for these two guys, the Maple Leafs send two seconds and a third round pick. Not a bad price for for Kyle Dubas, especially considering you got a third rounder back in Dermott. So essentially, you traded two seconds for a former Norris Trophy winning defenseman with plenty of experience and a decent depth piece. I like it. I thought it was smart by the Leafs. They were up against the cap just as much as anybody else in the National Hockey League, which is why we had a very unique trade deadline this year. So many of the top names didn't go, but a lot of the second-tier guys and third-tier guys, they were all on the move. Because the top-tier guys are just too expensive. So I thought the Leafs did a really good job. I think Kyle Dubas, the general manager up there, did a really good job at finding the value that he needed. And I think it helps their lineup. But I think when you look at the other three teams in the Atlantic they all added way more, way bigger pieces as well. The Boston Bruins, the main trade that they made was bringing in Hampus Lindholm from the Anaheim Ducks. Now, they traded a lot. You're going to have to. Lindholm was probably the best defenseman on the move this deadline season. Not only did they get him, they extended him as he is on an expiring contract this year, they extended him for eight years, $6.5 million. So they spent a lot to get him, and they're going to spend a lot to keep him. But that's exactly what they needed. I mean, you look at their lineup on the defensive side. Chara has recently left. He was a staple there for a long, long time. Tori Krug has left in recent memory. He was also, I mean, realistically, not as long as Chara, obviously. He was a staple there for a long, long time. So the defense was placed in the hands of Charlie McAvoy, and he's done a great job, but in this Eastern Conference, in this Atlantic Division arms race, they needed somebody else there. They also needed depth scoring. They went out and got that at the forward side, but the biggest move that they made was bringing in Hampus Lindholm and being able to keep him. I thought Don Sweeney did a fantastic job at signing Lindholm For eight years, six and a half million dollars. I think that's a really good value deal. I think you're going to have him and he's going to be able to perform basically throughout the most of that deal. I don't think you're going to see the drop off by the end of that deal too bad. So I really, really like what the Bruins did here. I think it severely increases their chances of upsetting a higher seed in the first round of the playoffs. I love what they did. Now let's talk about those two absolute bombshell, crazy-ass organizations down on the Florida coasts, one on the West Coast, one on the East Coast of Florida. Let's start with the Lightning, because when I saw this trade come down, I shit you not, I had to read it about three or four times because I thought that my eyes were bugging out. I, I didn't know what was going on. They acquired Brandon Hagel, clearly a highly coveted player. At the deadline. Penguins were in on him. Honestly, everybody was in on him. I'm not going to leave list the teams. Everybody was in on him. Mainly because he's young. He's under 20. He's either 24 or 23. His contract is great. He has two more years after this year. At $1.5 million. And he is executing very well with the Chicago Blackhawks organization. So now you put him on the lightning. (laughs) If he was good with the Blackhawks, how good do you think he's going to be with the two-time Stanley Cup champions? So they get Brandon Hagel from Chicago, but the the return is what got me. Two first-round picks, Taylor Radish and Boris Kachuk. The two first-round picks is a lot to begin with. Like, let's just start there. Two first-round picks from the Tampa Bay Lightning. Taylor Radish is one of their best prospects. He was playing in the NHL this year, so he's a guy that's already NHL ready. Playing in their bottom six, obviously Hagel is a, is an upgrade from him, but he's still a very very good prospect. And then Boris Kachuk is also an NHL ready prospect, young guy, pretty talented. If I'm Kyle Davidson from the Chicago Blackhawks, I am ecstatic with this return. Like as soon as they said they would pay this, yeah, that okay, we're making this a deal. There was obviously a bidding war, which is why that price went up so much, but Tampa Bay doesn't care. Tampa Bay said, you know what, we've won two Stanley Cups, how often are you going to be able to go back-to-back-to-back? To back to back? The last time it happened was in the 80s with the New York Islanders. We've had a couple back-to-back champions. The Penguins have done it twice in that since then, but it's been since the New York Islanders that they've won and a team has won three straight Stanley Cups. That's what Tampa Bay is trying to do right now. They have the basic outline of a team that can do that. But you know who they lost last that last off season after their second cup? They lost Blake Coleman. They lost Yanni Gord, who was the center on that line. And they lost Barclay Goodrow. The latter two, they brought in using trades like this. They did these basically exact same trades with San Jose and New Jersey to bring in those two players that were key cogs in their two Stanley Cups. So they do it again for Brandon Hagel. And then they bring in Nick Paul, who kind of fills the Barkley Goodrow role. So they kind of replaced both of those players at the deadline here. That's a little scary, if you ask me. Just a little bit scary that the Tampa Bay Lightning are like, yeah, you know what? We're going balls out like we did two years ago. We're bringing these two guys in. They're both going to be on the third line. And it's going to be a problem. And I believe it. I believe it. It's going to be a problem. Nick Paul comes in from Ottawa for Matthew Joseph at a fourth-round pick. Pretty good deal all the way around. If you're Pierre Dorian up in Ottawa, you get a fourth-round pick for Nick Paul. You he's not one of your big guys on that on that roster, obviously. Physically, he's a pretty big guy. But you also get Matthew Joseph, a guy who has Stanley Cup pedigree now. He played last year in a lot of those playoff and Stanley Cup games. And he's a, he's a good addition to your bottom six. That and a fourth-round pick, yeah, sure, send Nick Paul out. But the Tampa Bay Lightning, one of the most impressive. I said I really liked the Calgary Flames and what they did. The Tampa Bay Lightning, they overpaid, but they got what they wanted. That's just been their story the last couple of seasons, though. The last team in the Atlantic Division, obviously the Florida Panthers, probably the most active team. It's between them and the New York Rangers, who we'll talk about in a couple minutes, for the most active team. I don't know if I love all of their deals, But if they lose this year, it's not for lack of trying to add something. They get Robert Haig from Buffalo for a sixth round pick. That's a depth defensive signing. A guy that was pretty decent to start in Philadelphia. Fell off in Philly as every defenseman has seemed to do in the last five years. Sent to Buffalo. Hasn't been great in Buffalo. We'll see what he does for the Panthers. He's an NHL basically replacement level third pairing defenseman. So it's a depth signing for the Panthers, who did have the injury to Aaron Ekblad, which is why they did need to make a couple moves. They also got Ben Sherrod on D. Now, while Ben Sherrod is much, much better than Robert Haig, this is a bad deal. Montreal absolutely fleeced the Florida Panthers. This is a year where a lot of the prices were high, and for that reason, a lot of the better players did not get traded. They're still on the teams that they were on before the deadline. But Florida wasn't going to be sitting without a dance partner. They said, we need a defenseman. We're going to pay premium for him. And we're going to pay early in the weekend. They got him late last week. Not even during the deadline weekend or the deadline day. Get him from Montreal for a prospect. A first and a fourth round pick. Now, first round picks are going out pretty nilly-willy. Willy-nilly. I guess that's the appropriate way. It's early in the morning. Give give me a little bit of slack. Obviously, I, I touted and I said, okay, the Lightning. That makes sense for them. They've won back to back Stanley Cups. They're going on a run. Florida hasn't won jack shit yet. Now they have a really good prospect system. They have a really solid team, and I understand they need a guy like Ben Chirac. They need a guy like Ben Chirac. He's not, you know, he's not going to change the landscape of that team. Not a chance, but you know what he is going to do? He's going to provide a little bit of depth and he's going to be solid. He's going to be decent. He's not going to be as good as, you know, Aaron Ekblad. He's not going to be as good as most of the <laughs> defensemen that were down there, to be completely honest, but he's going to be better than Robert Haig. So you get two defensemen and then the big one, they add Claude Giroux, probably the second biggest name that was traded at the deadline. It was either Giroux or Flurry, 1A, 1B, whatever way you want to split it. Claude Giroux plays a 1,000 games with the Philadelphia Flyers. Only team he's ever played with. And it comes out that the Panthers were the only team that he would waive his no-trade clause for. Initially, I thought it was them and the Avs that he waived it for. But he came out and said the only team I waived uh, waived my clause for was the Florida Panthers, which is why you see the price that Florida had to pay uh, not as high as Brandon Hagel. Brandon Hagel got more than Claude Giroux in return. Simply because Claude Giroux said, either you trade me to them or you're not getting anything. And the distinction there is the fact that Claude Giroux would have gone to the Colorado Avalanche. We could be talking about him with Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, and Gabe Landeskog and Camel Car. But he wanted assurances from Chuck Fletcher, who is an absolute idiot, who is the l- biggest loser of the trade deadline. He wanted assurances that, hey, I can come back when my contract comes up at the end of the year. I want to go chase a cup, but I can come back because he's a Philadelphia guy. Like, there's a reason it's a hard town to become a fan favorite and continue to stay a fan favorite through the years, especially if you're a captain. Claude Giroux did that. He embodied that. I mean, shit, they basically made the mascot after his beard color. Now, of course, the team's colors are orange as well, but you tell me Gritty doesn't look like Claude Giroux a little bit. Come on. But Chuck Fletcher, the idiot that he is, wouldn't give Giroux those assurances. So Claude Giroux said, fine, I'm only waving it for Florida. Your return is going to be minuscule and you dicked yourself over. I love that, first of all. That's vindictive. I love that. So he goes from the Flyers to the Panthers. I'm excited to see what he's able to do on that organization, playing potentially with Sasha Barkov. That'll be great. In exchange for Owen Tippett, who honestly, probably one of the better prospects to go the other way in a trade this year. So they get Owen Tippett. Florida wasn't really using him anyway. He was in the NHL up and down. He really wasn't able to crack the lineup full-time. So he goes to Philadelphia. He might get some more playing time. Probably see him for the majority of the rest of the season. They also get a first and a third-round pick. But it's Claude Giroux. The guy has played a 1,000 games. The guy has proven to be a big-time performer. The fact that he they got... Giroux for that is an A-plus for Bill Zito. You overpaid for Sherratt, but you made it up when you got Claude Giroux for a lot less than what market price would have actually been if he didn't have a no-trade clause. The Bruins were in on him. The Rangers were in on him. Specifically, the Avs were always in on him. Didn't waive his clause for anybody but Florida, and that's where he is standing right now down in Sunrise. So good for the Panthers. It's a nice addition there. They were very busy. I was talking to Doug Gladkey of 4 Checking TV on a trade deadline special on Monday. And he said, the Panthers scare me because it feels like they did too much. We'll have to see. I don't know if Haig's going to really play big a factor. Sherratt, maybe. Claude Giroux, I, I love that move. So, I'm going to take a quick, one last quick break. And when I return, we're going to talk about the, the Metropolitan's mini-editions. Now, the Rangers didn't follow along with everything else, but the other three teams in the division did. We'll talk about the Metro right after this break here on the Hockey Hotbed. Hockey fights, lifestyle, and tales from a first-round draft bust? We have it all and more on the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for boutique hockey content and podcasts covering every team in the NHL. Welcome back to the Hockey Hotbit, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network, of course, as well as uh, DraftKings. Make sure you use promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app, the best sportsbook app that you could use for your sports betting needs. Again, promo code THPN at the DraftKings Sportsbook app at sign up. Always have great deals going on there. I wish I could take advantage more than just at sign up, but you know what? If you're just signing up, you'd be stupid not to take advantage. We're finishing off a trade deadline special, my return episode to the Hockey Hotbed. Talking a little bit about the Metropolitan Division, the one nearest and dearest to my heart. I live in, obviously, near Washington, D.C., grew up around Pittsburgh, P.A., so clearly I have some stake in one of these two teams, and most of you know which one. But let's start with the one that's geographically closest to me. That's the Washington Capitals. They had two players, Johan Larson and Marcus Johansson. And honestly, I I like the additions. I think they're low-key additions to a team that has been heating up, has been playing better, so you don't want to change too much about your team if you're the Washington Capitals. And I think you also look at the fact that, hey, we haven't had the band together for very long at at all this season. Oshie missed a lot of time. Baxter missed basically the entire first half of the season. Anthony Mantha missed a lot of time this season. I think if you're the Capitals... And you started off really hot without all these players. Now you're just getting them back in the fold. You dipped in January. It was a terrible month. But they're starting to gain steam. They're starting to catch up to the rest of the pack in the Metropolitan Division. You don't want to change too much. So they add a couple players. Johan Larson, I like that deal. It feels like he's been around the league for 500 seasons. He hasn't, though. He goes to the Capitals. They also get a guy that they're familiar with. A lot of their team is familiar with. And that's Marcus Johansson from the Seattle Kraken. The Kraken had a fire sale. We'll talk about that. On Friday. But they had a fire sale this season. That's a, that's something, a story for a different day. So the Capitals get Marcus Johansson. They send picks and Daniel Sprung the other way. They really didn't pay much. Yeah, Sprong's a, a roster player, but you got two back in exchange. You didn't have to give up a huge prospect. You didn't have to give up a first-round pick. So, I like the deal. I, I'm going to... Enjoy watching Daniel Sprong in Seattle. We'll see what he does with an elevated role. But he wasn't bad for the Washington Capitals. But they get a guy that has been with them, that knows their system, that knows this team, that knows this city. And I think that's a great move for them. You know, they add a little bit. They didn't go above and beyond because realistically, I still think they're the eighth best team in an eight-team playoff right now in the East. But I like that they added. They don't want to roll over and I as they shouldn't. They can still surprise people always with guys like, you know, Ovechkin, Oshie, Backstrom, Carlson on the back end. They can surprise anybody, but I still think they're the 8th best team. I like that they added. I also like that they didn't sell the farm to add for this season. The Carolina Hurricanes, for a long time, I didn't think they were going to do anything. And they didn't need to. Now, they, they signed Jasperi Emmy to an extension, which was nice because they just got him on a one-year deal for, for the offer sheet. It'd be stupid to let him go after that. And I think he's been pretty good for them. But their team has been so good and it has so little in the way of holes on their roster. I would not have been surprised if Don Waddell would have just sat there and said, okay, I'm not making a deal. Like, this team is good enough. They're going to be... Fighting for the number one seed in the Metropolitan Division. But they're, in my opinion, clearly the best team in the Metro. Whether that means they're going to win in the playoffs, that doesn't really translate directly. But to me, they they have the best team on paper in the Metropolitan Division. But they still went out and added somebody late on Monday afternoon. Right up to the deadline. Last hour. And they pull off a three-team trade. Brokered through Florida to get the salary cap down, but they get Max Domi. Domi's a guy that I followed very closely when he was coming up through the ranks in Montreal. I said, okay, this could be, I I saw him as many people see Cole Caulfield now. He's not quite as skilled, but he had the similar promise as Cole Caulfield does right now. And then of course he gets traded to Columbus. And that went out the window. No offense to Columbus fans if you're listening to this, but your team is where stars go to drop their stock. I mean, Artemi Panarin did it. Jacob Vorchek was drafted there. Nobody remembers that Vorchek was there before he was in Philly. It's getting better, honestly. It, it it truly is. They did get that win over Tampa Bay, which was huge for them. But it's really still not a destination I mean, Patrick Line's stock has dropped since he went there. He's playing great. Like, Patrick Liney's having a fantastic season. Nobody knows about it because he plays in Columbus, which is bad. Not great for the league. But that's what it is. And that's what happened to Max Domi. There were times this season that I completely forgot Max Domi was a player. And I'm sure a lot of you did too, listening to this. But now that he's on the Carolina Hurricanes, he's not going to be in their top six, I don't think. I would think he's probably a third liner for them. Either that or they squeeze him in the top six and take one of their great top six players and put him down on the third line. But Max Domi on a line with Jordan Stahl. Yeah, that could work. I like it. I like Max Domi as a playoff player. I know he doesn't produce as many goals as people would have liked, especially in Montreal, definitely in Columbus. He doesn't have to in Carolina. He doesn't have the burden of being one of the best scorers. They have. Aho, Teravinen, Svechnikov. They have other guys throughout the lineup. Defensively, Tony D'Angelo is a guy that's always threatening to score. Jacob Slavin also has a pretty good shot. But, like, they have depth scoring down. Like, they have top-tier scoring as well. So he doesn't have to go in and have that expectation. I love this. I really, lo- I really love them getting Max Domi. Because I think this is a really good spot for him to succeed. I don't understand why Florida would broker this deal. They got something out of it, and all these GMs at the end of the day will deal if they get something out of it, but man, Bill Zito, helping the enemy, probably their their, their biggest enemy. If they can get through Tampa, Toronto, Boston, they're probably going to end up playing the Carolina Hurricanes. Good chance the Carolina Hurricanes come out of the Metropolitan Division corner of the bracket. So they add Max Domi. I love it for him. I really do. Uh, We're running a little long here. Pittsburgh Penguins add Ricard Raquel, uh, a trade that has been two years in the making, it seems like. They really didn't trade anybody. They got Ricard Raquel, they got cap relief by about $200,000, and they traded away basically nothing. A second round pick, which is what it is, it's a second round pick, which if the Penguins have their way, that'll be like the 80th, not the 80th, it'll be like the 50th pick of the draft right? So it's it, it's a pick, but it's not a great, great pick. Dominic Simone, who doesn't score goals. He has three goals on the year. Pretty good analytically. So I don't even, not even analytically, but he has, he has good handles. Zero finish. Zach aston reese again, zero finish. They're not getting goals in return for this, but Zach aston reese is a great penalty killer. They're both upcoming UFAs. So if Anaheim doesn't want them, they could just ship them off. And Callie Klang, which is the biggest thing. Anaheim, who knows how long John Gibson is there. They get Callie Klang. Really good young goaltending prospect for the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was the price. It's Ricard Raquel for Callie Klang to make it work in the salary cap. They sent Simone and Czar. The Ducks retain 35% and they get the second round pick as well, probably to pay for the 35%. I like that deal for the Penguins. They didn't have any room, so Ron Hextall, the general manager, really had not much to do. I don't think this was his first option. I think he was looking for somebody like a a Connor Garland. That was obviously rumored. I think he was looking for someone like a Tyler Bertuzzi. That was also rumored. But I think his failsafe was Ricard Raquel. And it's a pretty damn good failsafe, if you ask me. So, Penguins get Ricard Raquel. He will actually be playing for the Pens against the Blue Jackets later tonight. So we'll see how that ends up. And then the New York Rangers just went out and said, you know what? We have a depth scoring problem. We're going to bring an entire forward line to just plug into our bottom six. They bring in Frankie Petrano from Florida. He was the odd man out down there. I like that deal. They bring in Andrew Copp. I think that is the best player they acquired throughout the entire deadline. I loved Andrew Copp in Winnipeg. He's going to be really good for the New York Rangers. I love that deal. They bring in Tyler Mott as well. That ends up being the only real player that Vancouver forward that Vancouver gets rid of. But they get Tyler Mott. He's a depth guy. And then they bring in Justin Braun to help on the back end. A guy that is kind of a sturdy defensive player. Obviously not great with the Philadelphia Flyers, but nobody has been on the defensive side. So the Rangers add a bunch of pieces. They add an entire forward line and Justin Braun. I like it. And it, Addresses the areas they needed. Obviously, they had to pay a lot for all of these different moves. But hey, you want to be taken seriously? This is what you do. They're a team that has been riding high on Igor Shosturkin's performance. It's about time he gets a little bit of reinforcement. I'm not saying that this is the cavalry of whatever. Like, the best military of 1800s. Like, that's not who this is. But it helps. But it helps. I think this is the type of moves that they needed to make to be able to give Shesterkin a little bit more of an ease. Now, it's still going to mainly be on him because you can't just add these guys and then, boom, all of your your figures at 5 on 5 are fixed. All of your analytical woes are fixed. But... It certainly doesn't hurt. So I like it. I, I, I like the fact that they addressed it. I like what Chris Drury was able to do bringing in Andrew Copp Again, that to me was the most impressive move that he made. He made a bunch of them, but that was the most impressive one. I like Kopp on the Rangers. But one last storyline that happened throughout this entire trade deadline season. The players were not moved. I talked about it throughout this entire episode. There's a lot of players that didn't go anywhere. Look at the Canucks. Connor Garland. Doesn't go anywhere. Brock Besser doesn't go anywhere. JT Miller. I think we all knew by the time this was rolling around that JT Miller wasn't going anywhere. Especially considering they could, they're could, they very close to pushing into a playoff spot. Now they still need to have a lot of things fall their way. But they're right there. And their captain, Bo Horvat, also still on the roster. The only guy they traded was Tyler Mott. So Canucks hold a lot of their players. I think they were asking a lot, which is why. Like that's why a lot of these players didn't get moved. Arizona Coyotes, you would think, hey, sell everything. Sell, 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 sell. They sold Johan Larson, They sold a couple other players. They made a, a bunch of trades. The two biggest pieces in their, in their deck, two biggest cards, and they folded with those two. Jacob Chikorin, of course, injured, but prognosis is a lot better than it was before. They didn't get what they wanted for him, so they said, you know what? We're going to keep Chikorin. Obviously. And Phil Kessel. You know, the question was, oh, if he gets traded, he's gonna have to get there quick so he keeps his Iron Man streak alive. Well, it doesn't matter now. Still with the Coyotes, he's gonna be with the Coyotes the rest of the season, then we'll see where he signs after the year. They didn't get what they wanted for Phil Kessel, and they said, you know what, that's fine. We'll keep him on the roster for the rest of the year and we can cut bait. The stakes are not as high for the Arizona Coyotes. Obviously, you want to get things in return, and they did for certain players. At this point. You just got to, you got to cut bait and you got to start again. And if you didn't get what you wanted for Kessel, I understand keeping it. I understand saying, you know what? We tried to get something. The market didn't help our chances because there's a lot of these players and there was a lot of second tier players, a lot of Max Domi's, a lot of Marcus Johansson's, a lot of Frankie Vetrano's, Andrew Cops. There's a lot of those guys that are a lot less expensive and we'll still get the job done for these teams. So you know what? We hold on to Kessel. Red Wings, there were talks that they were going to get rid of uh, Tyler Bertuzzi. They do not. I think Steve Eiserman also, he did a pretty good job at the trade deadline. But he didn't, he didn't use his biggest piece. He said, all right, that's fine. We'll keep Bertuzzi. And Bertuzzi is a great player. I mean, 48 points in 50 games this year. Yeah, keep him. It's another really good player. On Detroit. Now, when you have to pay him, probably not going to be able to. But they, they hold Bertuzzi. And then the Bruins, in the most interesting turn of the NHL trade deadline, the first person this entire season that came out and said that they were going to be traded this year, that they had requested a trade. Jake DeBrusque requested a trade. The enti- There was an entire winter, an entire NFL season that he has been requesting a trade from Boston. They give him a contract extension instead. Reports are to make it easier to trade him. And they can't get a deal done. So they're going to have Jake DeBrusque the rest of the season. Probably going to be traded at the end of the year. During the offseason, he's going to be traded. Why? Because people don't have to worry about his qualifying offer. People don't have to worry about anything else. They see the deal for what it is. They're going to trade for Jake DeBrusque. He's going to play out the season on the Boston Bruins. But then he's probably out of there. He, he might leave two days after they get eliminated and then never come back. Unless he's on the opposing team. But that's my breakdown of the NHL trade deadline. It was an interesting, interesting deadline in the fact that not a lot of teams had cap space because it's a flat cap league right now at 81.5 million. And most teams are over that right now. But doing some cap flexibility, some cap gymnastics, and they're legally allowed to ice the team that they have. But it was tough. Prices were high. Cap space was not a plentiful And a lot of moves still did happen. Just some of the biggest ones were left off the board. We'll keep an eye on the Evgeny Dodonov trade because that might be uh, biting the Vegas Golden Knights right in the butt. They might be taking that extra $3.3 million right back onto their cap, which would be a severe blow to what everything Kelly McCrimmon was trying to do out there in Vegas. But we'll keep an eye on that and we'll come back on Friday. The train is rolling once again here on the Hockey Hotbed. Thank you for joining me on my first episode back. I'm excited for the stretch run of the season. I'm excited to talk hockey with all of you great listeners. And we are just getting restarted here at the Hockey Hotbed. We'll see you guys on Friday. Have a great week, hockey fans.